Welcome back. This is John, just giving you an introduction to our newest podcast. We brought on Monsignor Martin Schlag of the Ryan Institute to tell us a bit more about unity of life and success on earth as well as in heaven. Buckle up. This is going to be a great one. Probably our best so far. So enjoy. You have John, Jacob here, and Sean. We have been experiencing some technical difficulties, but hopefully we're back on the track. And we actually have one of our most renowned guests here. Father, please introduce yourself. So I am uh, Monsignor Martin Schlag. I uh, always say I am an Austrian with an American passport. Uh, you can hear my accent isn't quite right. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I was born in New York. My parents are Austrian. And I grew up in Vienna, in London, and I lived in Rome for 15 years. Mm. So I'm kind of a, a good Catholic mix. I, yeah, that is <laughs> truly the best creation we've heard so far. You've trumped us. Yes. <laughs> but we're going to start out with uh, lightning round again. We tried it a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we really liked how it was going to go. So let's just fire off some quick questions for our guests. Which one of you guys wants to lead off? Uh, I can lead off. So you mentioned some of the places you lived. Um what is your favorite place to travel to? Like, if you could go anywhere tomorrow, where would you go? Well, I love going to London. Oh. Uh, because that's where I received my first communion. I went for my first confession. Our parish was the parish of uh, John Henry Newman that he founded in, in London. And uh, I always say wow. the place for me that is closest to heaven is the British Library, because uh, in heaven we will have contemplation and vision of God and know all truths. But on <laughs> earth, we still need to read books, you know, and yeah. uh, so in yeah. the library you can do that, and it's such a beautiful place to go. That's great. It's Would awesome. you say your nickname is Schlag Spice, like one of the spice people? Spice no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, like the posh spice. Schlag Spice. <laughs> Well, they're from London. They're, you know, it's you want to be girls. my lover. It was a good 90s band. Yes. Um, what, um, what way do you sleep? Do you sleep on your stomach, your side, or your back? I always sleep on my side. You always sleep? Same. Yes. Yeah. I can't sleep on my back. It's like... Well, that's like an automatic snore. You just, your, your throat's just going to go straight to... Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, Nick Red just called me. He's, uh... Oh. He's actually one of the guys we're going to be talking with at the Archdiocesan Youth Day, which is in a month. Shout out. Get ready for that. Yep. Back to quick questions, though. Father, we've shared a beer together. What's your favorite drink? So, uh, well, I like beer. Yeah. I like beer very much. Um, so my favorites are actually the Belgian beers. Oh, oh sure. Because okay. they have this, uh, the best quality, actually. Yeah. Never would have thought of Belgium. You have to be careful with the quantity. True. Quality over quantity. Um, I have a question. It's what is a Monsignor exactly? And I think it's a hard word to say. We've been calling you Father, but your official title is Monsignor. Yes. So um, in 2006, Pope Benedict XVI appointed me as a chaplain to His Holiness, which is the kind of the lowest degree of. A monsignor, right? And uh, I, we 
received this title because at that time I was regional vicar of the prelature of Opus Dei, yeah. where I am a priest, uh, for six countries. So that was Austria, Hungary, the Czech Republic, the Slovak Republic, Croatia, and Romania. Wow. Uh, that was a fascinating time because wow. I got to know people who had been imprisoned among the communists and others who didn't even know what communism was. Yeah. Mm. The young students, sure. you know, the 18 year olds, they hadn't experienced that anymore, and there were elderly people who, who had been in prison mm-hmm. for their faith. I got one, Father. Can you give us an elevator speech, quick 20 seconds of what Opus Dei is and how your involvement interacts with that? Sure. So, uh, Opus Dei wants to help people encounter Christ in their everyday life, imitating Jesus, Jesus' 30 years of normal family and professional life in Nazareth. Mm. Mm. So we can, the, the Word of God becomes incarnate, and yeah. uh, generations of Jews have been praying for the coming of the Messiah, and he lives 33 years, and 30 of these 33 years are wasted by just doing nothing except yeah. work. You know, you can say, well, that's a waste, but it's not, because mm. it's redemption, and those years shed, a, these hidden years shed a shining light on our lives that yeah. usually are not spectacular, but, you know, it's family life and work. And so this is a path to be united with God. Wow, very cool. That totally appear, appeals to us, and I think when you, you know, start to explain things more with Opus Day, back when we were in Sicily, actually we did travel to Sicily, a small group of us, so Monsignor knows me, all my faults as well, which is good, it's good to get that out of the way. I don't, I'm sure I don't know all your faults. <laughs> <laughs> Sliced! <laughs> I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah, it was very much in Concord with what we're doing, you know, we're trying to integrate... The Sons of Thunder, we, we want to you know, have young men who are living their faith just not in the hour of church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. whoa, people Definitely. doing this already. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. one more lightning round question, then let's get after it. How many languages do you speak? Oh, well, I speak five languages. How many do you read? Uh, well, I read five languages. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and of course, also Latin and Greek. Okay. So. I should also better in Hebrew, but I admit that. <laughs> Leave that to so, That's something which I still have to do. That's great. What's so, your... Um, Italian? Italian, yeah. Spanish, German, English, and French. Wow. Which That's one great. is your favorite to speak? Yes. I love Italian. Okay. It's like music. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I love A romance Italian. language. Uh, yeah. And you can say so many things subtly, mm. you know, which you can't in other languages and each language has its comparative advantage sure. you know like in German you think a German is uh, doing philosophy very guttural no, well you think he's, he's he's doing philosophy and in reality he's just speaking <laughs> because it's so difficult to speak German yeah. and you have to put together all these words wow. and, yeah, so. that's really interesting do you do you like Italian music more than other musics just oh, because the vocabulary is better <laughs> Well, you know, I love Russian music. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Tchaikovsky, Mussorgsky, yeah. Prokofiev. They're so beautiful. I, I feel like none of our special. listeners will know who those people are. <laughs> 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 Look them up. Yes. Yes. Just go. Do 
Chisovsky. How do you say that? It's classical, right? That's classical. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, but I guess a good guess. So. Yeah. My last question for you is: What's your favorite soccer team? What's my favorite soccer team? Yes, if you if you evidently have one. and without hesitation, La Roma. Hello. Yeah, Forza Roma. They played yesterday. Well, it's a it's it's a special grace to be a supporter. Of Roma. <laughs> Not everyone has received this grace. Yes. How about that last season, though? Wow. Well, you know, there's always potential to. We are very optimistic. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could transition to banter. Um, yeah, when we went to, when I was in Rome, we've all lived in Rome for at least, Sean, they lived for like a week, right? Yeah, it's been for two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks, there you go. When we went to a game there, we learned a lot of gestures because we went as a cultural experience with Thanos, who was our manager of the building, the St. Thomas campus. And there were lots of like external, two handed, in backwards, forwards. And they just had all these subtleties, exactly. Like you can speak thousands of words with just a few. <laughs> I, I would recommend any non-Italian never to use any gestures because you can get it really wrong. So only if you're really 100% sure of what you're doing, do that. Well, what, what's that one you taught me in Sicily about pouring water? Yes. Or is it water? Yeah. Never pour it over your wrist, over kind of the back of your hand. Because it means you're the next to die. Oh, why would they tell someone that? Is it just like consolation for 20 seconds and then you go? No, it's because people used to have poison in their rooms. Oh. And pour it into the cup. Oh my gosh. Wow. No, no, there is a reason for that. Oh, goodness. So if you did that to me and I saw you do that, do I just accept it and then... No. <laughs> oh. Wow. You pour it into yeah. someone no, else. No, nobody, nobody, nobody serves you that way. Okay. Yeah, so that you wouldn't. That just doesn't happen. So if an Italian waiter serves you that way, you run. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, really. Yeah. In Sicily, you you better go. Sure. Uh-oh. Well, you better leave. Well, for our audience, what we were just showing. <laughs> I'm actually scared. Yeah. Is uh, pouring a drink the opposite way. So instead <laughs> of going, <laughs> how do you describe? Instead this? of going like. <laughs> like wrist up, like vertical. instead of pronating, you supinated for all those that anatomically is even more confusing people. for them. But <laughs> they'll get it. Look they'll up it. something like the pour of death on Google, and I'm yeah. sure you'll find it. Wow. wow. Well, what, I mean, how was your week, guys? This is just what we go through. We discuss our weeks. I'll, I'll start us off. I mean, I'm kind of upset that we're not able to use the microphones because yeah. I had to go through a, I like to describe it as a Han Solo-like situation. <laughs> not explicitly illegal or sinful, Father. I just want to get that out there. This is legally rented, but there's a lot of um, behind-the-scenes work and yes. espionage and smuggling related to it. It was just a very fun morning for me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Lots of role play, but mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Well, I'm sorry for you, Father. That's okay. It's for God's glory, so. Yes. Mm. And it's fruits. He'll make it work. But yeah, my week has been going really fast. That's oh my it. gosh. They're it's just crazy. Like, yes, Thursday Today's already. Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is always a good, it's always good to kind of stop and reflect, you know. Definitely. My week, so I had my first intramural football game oh. in over, in two years. So it's really fun to just get back to, you know. 
play it. Do you, you wear know? gloves and spikes? Yeah, I oh, do. Oh, no. <laughs> that guy? Yeah, I'm that guy. I try hard at it, but it's good to have competition. You know, a lot of us in high school play sports, and then mm-hmm. when we go to college, we kind of veer off into our studies and whatnot, and so it's just kind of a reminder of how fun competition is, and even though I'm not getting paid to do this, I'm not on any official team, it's just fun to to do that it gives you a lot of light you play know. ball well lifting, play ball. lifting <laughs> yeah. can be yeah i mean you can get competitive with exercise or bodybuilding but then that's so easy to get vain and uh me versus you but i like the team aspect to it mm-hmm. yeah but we should banter on last saturday we went out as yes. a group shout out to spencer lewin we went out to lake minnetonka and last saturday turned out to be one of the best days in a few weeks it was like 70 degrees and sunny mm-hmm. we had sort of a wine incident we're all 21 or 22 at least but the wine opener we were on the lake just having a grand old time and the opener cracked in the bottle oh and it it was like two inches down so i had to resort to using my teeth and my mental capacities to get it out but it was a very rewarding experience it was incredible how you got it out yeah Yeah. it was it was an act of grace really yes Uh yes he turned late minimum no, this is his first miracle. <laughs> Water and a wine. <laughs> but uh, Lord Fletcher's, we drove out there for those who are acquainted with the West Suburbs. Mm-hmm. They're very fun time. It's like this, it's not really a resort, but it's a, a huge restaurant and bar right on the water in Lake Minnetonka that many people go to in the summer. It's kind of, it's like a Maynard's or a, uh, like a buka on the water. It's yeah. just like a big family aspect. They have a bunch of sand courts. That's not a thing. Sand volleyball courts. Yeah. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed last Saturday. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. That guy on the highway, too. You want to explain that? Yeah, we, <laughs> we we were driving back. And we weren't doing any... We were in the carpool lane because we packed into the car. And John was just making some moves, got into the <laughs> carpool lane, did nothing wrong. We weren't even speeding, we really. Maybe going speeding. two over. Maybe. We were just <laughs> maybe a bit more. Yeah, we were just know. driving, and and then all of a sudden we see this black, like it was an Audi, black Audi speed past us, and I like look over and glance at him, and he's looking back and like flipping us off, <laughs> yeah. and I, I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what did we do to deserve that? You know? So we kept on like kind of passing him and then passing back, and we kept um kind of trading off. Yeah. And we, I just kept looking at him like, what? Why? Every you know? time he would just like wave or something, be like, see ya. Yeah. This 55 year old guy. Yeah. I, we didn't see him before. He just came out of nowhere. Yeah. There's just so, some things you can't explain. But finally. Yes, finally, we made one last pass by him. And <laughs> we were going kind of fast. At that point. <laughs> at yes. that point. And I stuck my head out of the window and like was waving to him. We gave him the final goodbye. Yeah. We the Italian. <laughs> yeah, we gave him over. the Italian pour. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And they, they got stuck. It was right on the intersection of 94 and 394, so they had a huge backup. And we, had and we were in the carpool lane. lane. It was amazing. <laughs> it's a glorious moment. Hmm. So that might lead into our talk today. I don't know how to carpool lane with life. Because you gave a talk, Father, at Circle, which is a sort of Opus Dei formation about unity of life and bringing a real or striving for success in the world and in heaven. And we'd love to get just some insights on you and we'll build off of those. So, I don't know. Any preliminary questions from you guys? You had a few, didn't you? 
We'll let you yeah, start. Yeah, sure. So I went to, I'll, well, that's not the sheet I'm looking for. There we go. I actually went to the play Hamilton last night. Oh, no With the one. diversity. It was so much fun. I had a blast. It was uh, absolutely just a great play. And it was about Hamil- Alexander Hamilton's life. Yeah. And he he had such a rich life. Like He was an, an orphan and an immigrant. He came from rags to not necessarily riches, but he was a founding father of one of the greatest nations, I would say, in the world. We love America here. Yeah, we do. Would so you? Do I. <laughs> That's right here. Yeah, exactly. Hey, good point. I'm here by choice. Exactly. <laughs> but he, uh, like, when you looked at his life through the eyes of grace, it was a beautiful experience. But from a worldly standpoint, he didn't succeed in what he wanted. He actually died in a duel, sadly, Aaron Burr. But it was just a very amazing life story driven by pride and not necessarily greed but he always he, he showed magnanimity but it was towards his own end he wanted his own legacy that came meant they kept mentioning mm-hmm. legacy i want hamilton to have a great legacy well wow. so when we talk about pursuit of happiness or when thomas jefferson wrote that in our constitution Declaration. thank Declaration. you <laughs> i'm betraying my ignorance here <laughs> when he wrote life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's in some ways not exactly, uh, you know, in line with what Catholics would say happiness is because those men pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. Those men built their lives essentially and built the structure of how we should construct the American dream. So, Father, what do you have to say about pursuing happiness as a Catholic? Because we had a class on that. Uh Well, I mean, those are very deep questions, and, uh, you know, uh, I could talk about a whole semester uh, <laughs> on them, as I, as I am actually doing. But, you know, I, uh, first of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that uh, the notion of pursuit of happiness in the Declaration of Independence is essentially different from our Catholic notion of happiness. Why should it be? Because they took it from the Christian tradition. Um, I think the the main point is that our culture, our secularized culture, uh, splits our lives into compartmentalized and separated units. Like, uh, well, if we are Catholics on Sundays, or we're Catholic in certain activities, but then, and and I, I know that you guys want to avoid it, that you, you have this kind of split. Right. But even unconsciously, we can, by osmosis, succumb to the pressure of a different logic in earthly affairs. Yeah. So, you know, you're a college student, you study English literature or history or science, and you do not have the intellectual instruments to think through your speciality from the viewpoint of grace. And involuntarily, you end up in a split and divided life. Mm, That's why the unity of life, of course, in one sense, is a practical unity of life, that you you want to live out what you believe uh, 24 hours, 7 days a week. But it's also being able to study the impact of the incarnation on your intellectual life, on your ideas, and on your work. And that's why it needs what 
formerly was called the Studium Generale. People didn't only study medicine or science, but they studied philosophy. They studied the liberal arts. They, there were seven. So they really had a unitary vision. Now we tend to specialize more and more and more. We know, I don't know, we study a species of worms in the um, Amazon jungle, <laughs> and yeah, we yeah. know everything about the yeah. worms, right? Uh, but we don't know anything about who we are. Yeah. So we, we know more and more about the human body. We know what we are, but we don't know who we are. Yeah. And we don't know what we are here for. So what can happen is that in the end, we know more and more and more about less and less and less, and at the end, we know everything about nothing. Mm. And and so I think um, anybody who and I speak usually speak to college students uh, or people who are in education, they say, well, no, uh, it's worth making also the intellectual effort of of studying, right? Um, so Thomas Aquinas in, in the Summa. He asks, is stupidity a sin? <laughs> and he say says, yes. Oh. Yes, it is. If you could know and you yeah. should know. Uh-huh. And he says, well, it is a sin if by sensuality or pride uh, we have our senses or our mind uh, clouded. Yeah. So... Um, and, 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 he, and he distinguishes, he says, we need the virtue of studiositas. And he yeah. distinguishes that from the vice of curiositas. Right. Mm-hmm. And we say, well, you know, but curiosity is something good. You know, we, we, yeah. uh, curiosity is at the root of the discovery of the x-ray, for instance. Uh-huh. You know, Madame Curie, she became curious about why did she see this scissor on the photographic... Yeah. Thing, or what you call that, this photographic screen that had they had forgotten there. And all of yeah. a sudden, it was in the dark, and they could see the scissors, you know? Yeah. So she was curious to discover why did that happen. So wow. she discovered x-rays. So so when St. Thomas speaks about curiositas, it doesn't mean this healthy curiosity. He would probably today say uh, it's this incapacity of concentrating quietly on one subject a prolonged space of time because we're interrupted by our right. cell phone, yeah. you know, there's mm-hmm. the buzz, an email coming in and, and uh, you know, we just can't recollect our senses and concentrate yeah. on one subject, you know, so uh, I, I, uh, this is the intellectual unity of life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, my also, my another experience I have made over the years is that sometimes you have people who are students college, they're very active in Catholic initiatives. They do outreach, they do evangelization, they do mission, which is great, you know, or they they help us priests, for which I'm so grateful, okay, Mm -hmm. but uh, if they neglect their studies uh, and they become mediocre in their profession, they will have done a poor service to the church. Yeah. Because what, what will have happened is that the redemption cannot reach the world. Christ came to redeem the world. And St. Augustine says, Ecclesia hogest mundus reconciliatus. The church that is the reconciled world. Mm. 
So where is the place of the lay person? What does it mean for a lay person to be fully Catholic? It means to conquer the world for Christ. Yeah. It means to, to set it on fire with this fire that is like an all-consuming flame in our souls because everything we throw into our lives is consumed by this love of Christ, love yeah. of God, right? Sometimes the, the logs are still wet and then they start smoking and they have to dry, but then in the end they start burning. There can't be anything in our lives that isn't on fire, right? Yeah. So wherever we go, uh, you know, we, we sanctify this, we sanctify what we do because we're in love with Christ, but we can't do that well if we are not well-prepared professionally. Yeah. And I'm not instrumentalizing the profession. It's not like saying, oh, you know, you have to be a good professional in order to speak of Christ. Mm -hmm. No, it's because Christ is waiting for you uh, in your job as an engineer, in mm -hmm. your job as a finance guy, as a job as a businessman or businesswoman. You know? yeah. So I think this is, this is so important for our days that we don't kind of um, accept, you know, the notion, well, Catholics are a second category in yeah. their professional life. No, mm -hmm. no. We, have, we have to be successful on earth and successful in heaven. Oh, yeah. And we know that sometimes in order to be successful in heaven, we have to lose out on earth because Christ died Very on the true. cross. You know, he, wasn't, he was a loser in that sense, mm -hmm. but in reality, he's the conqueror of the, of the world, right? He's the redeemer of the world. But except those cases, which can happen, uh, we should strive to be also successful in kind of the eyes of the world. Mm. Wow. All right, high fives all around. Yeah, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. That was okay, good. Thank you. So, and that makes wow. me think of uh, God's first command to Adam, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was to work. That's true. You know, uh -huh. and to very do true. that. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I can just see how um, Opus Dei can play a part in everything yeah. you just talked about and how it it's a true calling um, I think that's just so interesting because we're not all called to be priests or missionaries we're not all called to go to Africa yeah, yeah. Then we'll all be in Africa yeah. and no one will be here you know? <laughs> we'll all be in Africa it's very simple 2020 I, yeah. no population in yeah. America <laughs> but I just love how um yeah, because Christ calls us through our passions and our work and um, just surrendering every single ounce of that to him instead of being like, oh, I just can't wait till I can pray mm -hmm. or I, I can't wait till I can take my break to pray. You know, it's just that surrender. I, I love that you yeah. speaking about that because, I mean, it's hard to find purpose in work that you, you don't see like a good benefit in, you know, where like... For me, all I'm doing is sitting behind a computer, just crunching numbers, and so it's it's hard for me to be like, oh, am I actually making a difference? Am I actually doing that? But it's not about that. I can see how um, it's I'm glorifying God by just doing my work and doing it well, and seeking to make less mistakes or try to do more work in more time. You know, so I, I love I love what you said. I love what you said. I think your Opus Day card showed a little in that, but it was really good. And well, it's like a trap card. You play that thing <laughs> down, everybody, yeah, the whole board loses. But it's it's good for to hear that because the majority of people are lay people. The majority of people are working. And so it's just reassuring to hear that, like, no, it's okay if you spend most of your day working. You know, you don't have to spend every day 
out on the streets like Mother Teresa did. That was her vocation. But you have a different vocation. Mm-hmm. So, well, Christ, what I don't forget which um, Pauline letter this is from, but he calls first apostles. Isn't the etymology of apostle the one who is sent out? So he calls. We're always sent out, like you're saying, with that consuming passion to make the world um, a more restored version of it. And I love Catholic studies when they say, Dr. Boyle will always say this, he's, our job is to go save civilization. Yes. And man, that just ignites something within every human heart. Uh-huh. But something I heard when we were in Chicago, this is from an appellate judge, uh, Tom Donnelly. His name is Thomas Moore Donnelly. He, I might get this wrong, but he says, just because you're Catholic, that is no excuse for you to not work hard. Yeah. And I love what you were saying, Monsignor, about the, and I remember when you said this a while ago, and it stuck with me since, because I was living in an outreach sort of organization. Jake can maybe commiserate with me there, but it is very much the emphasis to reach uh, on a human level, which is what we're called to do, but at the same time, my studies were failing, my habits were dwindling, and I decided to make a dis- I made the decision to you know, separate myself from that circumstance to a more um, contemplative one. I mean, not really with pure ministry, but I wanted to get to the place in my life where I could really pursue truth in my studies first and foremost. And Something I heard in class this year, this assertion was like crazy. My teacher, Erica Kidd, Dr. Kidd said, the reason you go to, this is the first day of school, the reason you go to school is to hear the voice of Christ speaking to you in truth. Hmm. And I just dropped my notebook right then. That's beautiful. And I didn't listen anywhere else because I heard his voice. It's a call to conversion, to to seek truth and also in the classes and whenever there's truth it's a call by God because God is truth where do you find uh, obstacles to get because I think pretty early on when you were speaking you mentioned distractions and curiositas and cell phones pretty much technology and if we're talking neurologically like that is some of the most addicting things, entities we have on our planet, even more than sex or cocaine, if your cell phone lights up in your pocket, that instinct to reach for it is, that's like way down uh-huh. in your reptilian center. Wow. Well, you're a psychologist, you can tell us. <laughs> no, well, I think it's insidious, and if you, if you guys have taken ethics with Dr. Atkinson, for all those listeners not at St. Thomas, we're referencing some pretty cool players here, so just bear with us. But Dr. Atkinson would always talk about how phones are ruining people. And he would reference this book, iGen. I think it was in the New York City, New York Times bestseller list about how basically these cell phones and their um, proclivity to make you just curb more in, you know? I think you could ask anyone where their cell phone is and almost everyone will be able to tell you exactly where it is yeah. you know and 90% of them will be on their person if it's not they'll be like yeah it's in my backpack second pouch in and it's just that addiction they always yeah. want to have it on them but well but you know I would uh, encourage us all to see technology in a 
positive light mm-hmm. and see it as a challenge to develop new virtues. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we need to go with the times and to make use of the good things that human the human mind has brought up, but we need to have a new asceticism with the use of these social media. So, you know, regulate the time, put it away, not carry it with us to the library, mm-hmm. uh, turn it off, whatever, you know. But but to, to I, I even think we need new forms of the traditional virtues of moderation and oh, yeah. fortitude, you know, with, with these, so. Yeah. And practical wisdom. So. You're always so hopeful. Like, thank God you came here. Because I, <laughs> like, I, personally, I just hook onto one object and will try to drag it down with me. Like, no, you're evil. <laughs> but you always see the good in things, so thank you for doing that. That's okay. You inspire me to do that, John. <laughs> oh, good. Or a team here. Somebody's got to be pulling up while I'm... I don't, I'm not good at pull-ups um, much more. Yeah, we're getting pretty late on time here, so we like to wrap things up, especially for us short attention span college students. Yes. What are some practical things that you've witnessed in your own life or you see in other people's lives to really bring about this you know, recreation of the earth, or that's more abstract, but how are we as young Christian Catholic men and women, how are we called to do that? Big question. The, the, <laughs> the number one thing to do is to be anchored and united with Christ in, in the Eucharist and the prayer, and prayer because if we are not united with Christ, we will not Christianize the world, but the world will mundanize us. Mm-hmm. It's just that the pressure is too big. So that's always number one. And then number two, it's just hours of work or study, whatever we do, patiently concentrating on one thing. It's more important to do uh, one thing well than, than many things kind of uh, shoddily. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's always a question of balance. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast oh, today. Oh, that's fine. Taking yeah. time to enlighten us on your wisdom. No, <laughs> yeah. From you. I think if any listener would choose a podcast to actually pull something from Sons of Thunder, it would have to be this one. <laughs> Just because I like every time we record, we've said this before, we learn things. Like this is very integral for our spiritual life as well. Just I, coming mm-hmm. together in this fellowship of time. And thank God we've been able to schedule like in past semesters, we've really been kind of paralyzed by conflicting times, mm-hmm. and that, like every Thursday we record now, so there yeah. should good, be good for you. Yeah. no there excuse. Gonna be, there's gonna be a podcast coming out every Monday. Oh now. yeah, so yeah. begin the week. Yep. So shout outs, we gotta get one for your lady. Oh yeah, shout out to Delexi. We we were just with her. Yep. So we gotta give her a shout out. We'd like to, yeah, she's like the only girl we know. Yeah, so. <laughs> she's my wife. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess I have one question for you. Sure. What's like a way? Um, last podcast we kind of talked about passion and stuff like that. What's a way that you can bring Christ into your passion? So let's say that I'm obsessed with. Um, I won't say video games, but that'd be hard. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with, uh, like, playing music or listening to music. Like, how can I bring Christ into that? Um, yeah, I'll let you go if you want. Mm. Good. 
question? Well, no, first I think I would uh, speak with Jesus about this problem or, uh -huh. or this wish of yours. Yeah, yeah. And um, there, you, you notice when somebody plays in the presence of God. Yeah. As you notice when somebody mm. thrives in the presence of God okay. and works in the presence of God. There is something which, which you can't describe, but, but it's there. I love that. That's awesome. Well, on that note, I just want to go back out into the world again. I mean, I'll mess it up, but that's okay. Yeah. I need to listen to why this podcast. Grace. Yeah. <laughs> on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Yes. All right, yes. guys. So once more, this is John coming at you. This is Sean. And this is Jacob. And this is Martin Schlag. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Thunder, thunder. Thunder.